Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Indoor Environmental Quality Podcast. I'm Chris White, Project Manager with Wynn White Consulting Engineers in Baton Rouge. Today, we're going to talk about uh, something that's all over the news, no matter where you are in the world, and that is uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Um, in recent days, we've seen the spread of uh, the virus into different countries and then uh, reported cases here in the United States. And so I thought it'd be a good idea to record just kind of a quick episode with some tips. Um, I think that that you can use at at home, tips that you can use in your business, and um, maybe some things to look out for as far as um, uh, ways to if you if you're running a business and you need to take care of your employees or if um, you need to do some training regulations those kind of things and then I'll also have all of this information that I'm going to refer to today I'm going to have it in the show notes so I'll have links to websites with all this information so um, first off um, I'm guessing that probably everybody's been all over the TV, the internet, um, looking at different news stories, um, information sources on how to prepare uh, for the coronavirus, how to how to protect yourself, how to keep yourselves, your families safe, hopefully avoid any exposure at all, uh, what to do in case uh, in case you think you're exposed, uh, if if you get tested, uh, quarantine procedures, things like that. Um, so really not going to go too, too, too much over that, but just want to talk a little bit first about preparation. And this is from the ready.gov website, and this is not, not really so much for specific, um, coronavirus advice. They have this on the web really for for any kind of pandemic. Some of this some of this advice has been up on the internet for a while. But it, it does apply and is is some good common sense advice in the case of, of flu, coronavirus, or in, in the past when we've had um, we've had the swine flu, those kind of outbreaks, but definitely for use in this case for coronavirus. So first off in advance, uh, get get a two week supply of food and water. So have that on hand at home if you can. Um, go ahead and stock up on any regular prescription drugs that you can. So that if if you're gonna be if you're gonna be in your home, basically homebound for for maybe two weeks, try to have enough of a supply of your regular prescription drugs on hand so that you don't have to go out. You don't have to worry about trying to get a prescription filled or renewed or or anything like that. But try to have that at home. It's a good idea to have some non-prescription drugs, uh, other health supplies on hand. So pain medicines, pain relievers, stomach remedies, any cough and cold medicines, fluids, water, uh, fluids with electrolytes. So, so kind of sports drinks, think, think of, think along those lines and then vitamins. And it's also a good idea to have electronic versions of your health records from doctors, 
hospitals, pharmacies, any other sources that that you think are going to be important and have those handy for personal reference. And then if you need to need to be able to send those out to anybody to try to get any help, uh, it's a it's a good idea to have those uh, on your computer, on a thumb drive, maybe maybe somewhere like on a Dropbox or iCloud or somewhere like that, so that it's also up in the sky and 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 safe and won't get lost in, in case something actually happens to your to your home physically. And then communicate with family members and loved ones, friends, whoever, about how. Uh, how y'all can can help each other and take care of each other in, in case in, in case things get really bad if if people are getting sick how how are you going to help each other out so those are those are some good tips right there and then actually during the pandemic during uh, what I mean at this point we don't know how severe the the spread uh, of the coronavirus is going to be worldwide. We don't know here in the States how bad it's going to be. Uh, I keep hearing that um, it's a question of when and not if that the, the virus is going to reach really most areas. So uh, good to take good to take a look at some of these steps now. Um, one thing, if you if you think you're sick or, or you know somebody that's sick and and the problem, of course, with with this virus is it it appears to be somewhat similar to to flu like symptoms or, or, or severe cold in some cases. So th- there are going to be a lot of people that have a cold. There are going to be a lot of people that have the flu. And until they get tested, you're not going to know for sure whether or not it's it's a cold, it's the flu, or or if you've or if you've got somebody that um, that actually has the coronavirus. But regardless, if you can avoid close contact with people who are sick, so uh, try to stay away from them. Um, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about masks and dust masks and respirators and things like that in a bit, but. One comforting thing, well, kind of, is that it, it sounds like you can go a long way to preventing infection by just washing your hands a lot and hopefully not getting coughed on or, or sneezed on by others. And, and that's obviously often easier said than done. But avoid close contact if you can. If you are sick, keep your distance from others and protect them from getting sick too. So, uh, one thing, one thing that we can do is, if we're sick, stay home from work, stay home from school. A lot of companies are are encouraging people to stay home if they're sick, work remotely, or or just stay home altogether. Uh, likewise, likewise with schools and universities, they're they're encouraging uh, staff members, teachers, and students to to stay home if they think they're sick. Um, cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when coughing or sneezing, or if you have to, if you if you're going to cough or sneeze, cough or sneeze into your into your to your elbow uh, to to keep from just. As you as you cough or sneeze, just blowing germs and and crud all over the place as you do. I talked about washing hands. Um, I don't think there's. I I, I think that uh, hand sanitizer has 
maybe not quite sold out, but there's been a considerable run on on soap and, and hand soap and hand sanitizer probably worldwide. But have plenty of that on hand if you can. Wash your hands. Uh, really, anytime you think about it, I, I would say wash your hands. If you can, avoid touching your eyes, nose, or mouth. And really, you know, until somebody brought that up to me, I, I never really thought about how often we touch our our eyes, our mouth, our nose. And that's a good way if, if you've got if you've got germs on your hands, that's a good way to to actually introduce that into your body by touching close to your mouth or at your mouth or your nose or, or your eyes. And that's how some of these things can get into our bodies and make us sick. Um, and then, of course, if you are sick and let's say you got a little bit of runny nose or, or something like that, and if you touch around your nose and then you touch surfaces, that's a way to, to spread germs around maybe to people who are not to, who are not sick. So uh, and then you want to also practice other good health habits. So if you can get plenty of sleep, hopefully you're physically active and then try to take try to not get too stressed out. Drink plenty of fluids and then eat good food because not sleeping not getting up and moving around, being stressed out, being dehydrated and in a poor diet, not eating enough, those can contribute actually to getting sick. Or if you are sick, um, they can actually keep you from recovering more quickly. So hopefully you can you can do all of those things. But but all of these things that I just covered, this is this is all on the ready.gov website and I'll have a link to that in the show notes but the website for that is www.ready.gov forward slash pandemic and there's some other links to um, things like the CDC link for uh, an about page on human coronavirus uh, CDC link to to flu information and then some, some other things so pretty good website to know not just for the coronavirus but I'd say anytime, anytime you're worried about any kind of pandemic like the flu or if there's some other kind of virus that, that ever hits later on. So let's kind of let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about let's talk about businesses. And so it's kind of a tough kind of a tough thing, because if if you're running a business uh, just like uh, we're we're a small we're a small company here in Louisiana, and I, I mean, we're sitting back, of course, thinking about all right. Well, you know what what is about to happen? What does this mean? What does this mean for all of us? Uh, I guess uh, worldwide. What does it mean for our country and our state, our city, and our clients? How are we going to take care of our clients? Because we do a lot of environmental work and it, a lot of times it doesn't get too much into, say, I'm going to call it a, a medical kind of response type of type of project. But every once in a while we get into we kind of get on the edges of this. And so what is what is this going to mean for for me at work? What is it going to mean for me as as a worker? And then what is this going to mean for me as someone who's trying to help run a business? And then, of course, uh, what what does that mean as just me as a husband and father? I obviously anytime I do any environmental work, whether it's asbestos or lead or mold or, or anything else, 
I don't want to take any of this home. So if I'm going to be in a, a potentially, uh, I guess, uh, area where the, the coronavirus is going to be, how am I going to deal with that personally and not take that home to my wife and kids? So those are those are all things on my mind and I'm sure on the on the minds of a lot of other people. And then, of course, something else you're thinking about is, is okay. well, uh, I need to work. I need to work because we need to keep we need to keep our business going. And then I need to I need to earn a check. Um, So how is this going to impact everything from from our business all the way down to to us personally and, and financially? And and right now, nobody nobody really knows, and and I think it's I think it's okay for everybody to not know the full impact of what it's going to be at this point. But okay, so all that aside, uh, I wanted to talk about I guess the some of the issues that that people in business and people people who manage employees what do we face because. Um, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot about, all right, well, just go out and uh, let's let's get a bunch of let's get a bunch of face masks. Let's get some goggles, some hand wash gloves and suits. And, and and then we're ready to just kind of kind of be around other people. We're, we're ready to to we, we can be at our office or, or whatever. And, and maybe to a certain degree, that's true. But. There, there are some there are some regulations that cover there are some OSHA standards that cover these kind of kind of situations when you're talking about using personal what we call personal protective equipment so uh, respirators uh, dust masks or these N95 respirators that uh, I'm sure you've seen on the internet or seen on news stories I don't think you can probably buy an N95 respirator just about anywhere in the United States right now. Um, and there are other OSHA standards, but whenever you start talking about using PPE specifically, um, there, there are some OSHA regulations, some training requirements, among other things that, that kick in. So I wanted to kind of go through those real quick. This is not, this is not an exhaustive list and then I'm not going to cover everything that, that, you as a as a business owner or somebody that runs a business, what you would have to do. But I'm going to give you give you some resources and some links where you can go and you can look up some of these things. And maybe you already have these the, the training and medical surveillance and some other things in place already. And if you do, that's great. You're ahead of the game. But if if not, there are some things that, that you might have to do before just going and buying everybody respirators and, and, and putting them in in respirators and suits and, and goggles or gloves, whatever it is. So um, so first off, um, if you go, I, I am not going to say this, this link on this page is a mile long, but if you just Google OSHA and coronavirus, the page that I'm going to refer to and link to in the in the show notes should come up either first on the hit list or it'll be right there close so so not hard to find and and i mean that's how i found it actually so first and foremost the the thing to remember is that as there's that you don't hear people talk about it all that much but there's there's in the osha standards 
there's a, what's called the general duty clause in section 5A1 of the Occupational Safety and Health Act of 1970. And the general duty clause or the 5A1 clause uh, is a lot, how a lot of people refer to it. It's, it's kind of a catch-all statement that requires employers to furnish to each worker an employment and a place of employment that are free from recognized hazards that are causing or likely to cause death or serious physical harm. And so, you know, there, there are a lot of th- there are a lot of a uh, lot of things that a lot of hazards that have recognized standards already developed and passed into law and are enforced by OSHA. I mean, asbestos or lead, uh, those are two good examples of recognized hazards that have their own OSHA standard. But the OSHA 5A1 clause is kind of a, a catch-all, kind of a catch-all that OSHA sometimes, when they're citing employers, if, if they find problems in a workplace, they'll actually write them up just under the general duty clause saying, well, hey, Mr. Employer, you should have you should have recognized that this was a problem, recognized that this is a hazard, and then you should have protected your workers from this. And I'm not going to get I'm not really going to get into enforcement of OSHA standards over any kind of coronavirus um, I guess related exposure or, or anything like that, because um, for I, I think we're I think we're a long ways away from that. For one thing, and I really also more importantly, I think that that OSHA is going to be so busy with just everything in general. I don't know that unless there's a specific injury or death or complaint or something, I don't know that they're going to run around enforcing and, and writing up a lot of coronavirus related citations. But just knowing that the, the general duty clause exists, what it says, I think, is a good idea. OK, so there's so there's that. And I didn't mean to beat it, beat it to death, but but I did. So there it is. So a good idea to look that up and to read through the items on this page that I'll link to. But it, it is it is important to recognize that there are OSHA standards for personal protective equipment or PPE. So specifically, there's 1910 subpart I of uh, 29 uh, CFR. So um, so OSHA standards, they have a subpart for personal protective equipment. And so there's a section on general requirements for personal protective equipment. There's section 1910.133, which covers eye and face protection. So things like glasses, goggles, face shields, things like that, that would be covered in 1910.133. This next one is really big. So 1910.134, respiratory protection. So dust masks, the N95 respirators that you've seen a lot about probably, Uh, any kind of respirators, that's covered in 1910.134. As a matter of fact, in our normal day-to-day work for, uh, say, asbestos and lead and mold, mold doesn't have an OSHA standard, but asbestos and lead do. And in the in the two in the in the asbestos and lead standards, 
that OSHA has, they cross-reference with 1910.134, the respiratory protection standards. So things about how to select respirators, how to train employees on how to use how to use respirators, fit testing. It's important to know that before you take before you take your workers and put them in respirators, you might have to have um, might to ha- might have to have some sort of physical and pulmonary function screen to make sure that they can actually wear respirators safely. There are some people that. It's not enough to just hand them. You could hand them the most, you could hand them the perfect respirator for whatever hazard you're trying to protect against. But if, if they're physically unable to wear the respirator, you can actually cause, you can actually cause injury or death by putting people in, in a respirator that they just cannot wear. You put their body under so much stress that, that they cannot wear the thing. So those are some important, some important things to consider. So before you just go and, and, and have, have your workforce start wearing respirators or dust masks, make sure that you have all the training, the medical surveillance in place. Likewise, on the eye and face protection, there are training requirements. And in some of these cases, there are written program requirements that your business has to have. So you may need to to really start doing a big pile of work right now. The, the important thing is to protect your people, but you may have to on the back end, you may have to do some some uh, written program preparation, roll those out and do some training. Uh, because for one thing, um, Every every kind of personal protective equipment, whether it's goggles, safety glasses, we could be talking about hard hats, definitely respirators, hand protection, whatever whatever we're talking about. Any any kind of respirator or PPE that you wear, it has limitations. There's no 100% effective respirator or set of gloves or face shield or or glasses or or anything they all have limitations and especially if you don't use them properly but but especially in the case of respirators just because you hand somebody a respirator doesn't mean that they can go go out and face down really any exposure and not be at risk so that's also an important thing to keep in mind are the the limitations of the ppe that you're using Real quick, uh, standard 1910.138, hand protection. And then moving to subpart J, general environmental controls, there's a standard 1910.141 on sanitation. There's subpart Z, toxic and hazardous substances. And under there, there's uh, 1910.1020, so 1910.1020, access to employee exposure and medical records. So your, your employees have a right to a copy of all of their, any of their exposure data, their medical records. There's section 1910.1030, That's the bloodborne pathogen standard. And that's important if you're going to come in contact with uh, any kind of potentially infected body parts, bodily fluids, those kind of things. So that, that's pretty important. And that's a lot of times really considered geared towards first responders, those kind of people. But but 
your employees could you know, wind up being covered by the bloodborne pathogen standard, depending on, you know, like even first aid or, or, or who knows what you may run into out on a job site. Uh, this next one is a really big one. 1910.1200 hazard communication. And what it is, is your employees, you, you as an employer, you have to communicate to your employees basically everything you know about any hazards in your workplace. Deliver training. If you have chemicals in your workplace, tell them about the chemicals in your workplace, any other hazards, and document that and train your employees on that. And I mean, I don't know. The coronavirus could fall you because because of the, the nature of the hazard, you could um, be covered by the bloodborne pathogen standard and then definitely under the hazard communication standard have to do something about that. Uh, let's see. So then there's 1910.1450, the occupational exposure to hazardous chemicals in laboratories. So if you work in a lab or in that kind of environment, you might be covered by that standard. So so that's something to, to keep an eye out for. So the one one last thing is if you if you're covered by the OSHA standard and you're already keeping a log on work-related injuries and illnesses. And if you have a question about that and whether you're covered and, and if you need to do this to do what what's an OSHA 300 log is what everybody calls it, but whether you're covered under that, just, just reach out to me and, I mean, we can... We can either trade messages or you know call me on the phone even. But um, anyway, one of the things that we have to do as a company because of some of the petrochemical work that we do and the construction-related work that we do is we have to keep – we have to maintain uh, our work-related injuries and illnesses log or an OSHA 300 log every year. And we've been doing it for, gosh, I don't know how long. So we've been doing this OSHA 300 log. So, yeah, if you have a if you have a, a sprain or a broken bone or, you know, everything up to, I mean, really bad injuries or even death. I mean, it, these kind of things would go uh, would go on your OSHA 300 log. Well, you know, one of the things to point out is 29 CFR 1904.5 B to eight exempts recording of the common cold and flu on an OSHA 300. Uh, the coronavirus is a recordable illness if a worker is infected on the job. And that that may be kind of tough. I mean, if you I mean, for one thing, if you if you know for sure that somebody gets infected or you get infected on the job, okay, well maybe that'll make the determination of whether or not to record that uh, as as a recordable illness that it, it may be easy in that case. I don't know. But a lot of times where you get a cold or a flu, or in this case, the coronavirus, determining exactly where that exposure took place and where the infection took place, that might be tough. So I'm not sure not sure how, how that's going to go. But if you think that... Uh, if you think that that one of your workers was infected on the job, I would record that on your OSHA 300 and maintain that ma maintain that data. And let's hope nothing. Let, let's hope that's that's it. That that the person's just infected and, and it's a mild case and they they recover quickly and and all of that. 
Um, so that's that's really what I wanted to go through. I know that wasn't really that quick and that short, and that was only just uh, two two sets of data from the ready.gov and then the uh, some some OSHA related information. Going to have that in the show notes, but I, I wanted to get that out just because um, there's a lot of. A lot of information, a lot of news stories, things going around the internet about what to do, how to protect yourself. And and a lot of that is very good information. But again, I can't stress enough that the thing to also remember is just because you have a set of gloves or a Tyvek suit or or some other kind of suit, um, safety glasses, goggles, a dust mask, an N95 uh, mask or respirator. Um, and, and first off, you know, the, the dust masks, I don't think do anything except protect against really droplets, say from coughs or sneezing, but the N95 respirators or, or other kind of respirators with a, we call them HEPA cartridges or P100 cartridges. They're very good for what they do, but they have limitations and you have to use them properly. You have to get a good fit. If you don't have the right kind of fit with that N95 mask or, or any other kind of respirator or, or any other kind of PPE, uh, face, face shields, goggles, glasses, whatever it is, if you don't have a good fit, then you're probably not protected like what you think you are. And you could actually be putting yourself more at risk because you go into a situation or you go into an area thinking, well, okay, I've got this, I got this respirator on and I'm, and I'm all good and, and I'm not. Uh, one other thing real quick about respirators is to make sure that you have the right filters. If, if it's a face piece that, that you need to buy filters for, you need to have particulate. So P100 or HEPA, HEPA cartridges, uh, have those on the, on the respirator and make sure you're fit tested. Uh, if you need a pulmonary function screen, if you need a release from a doctor, make sure to get those. So if you have any questions about that, um, PPE, um, what to do, um, you know, written programs, even, uh, you know, reach out to me, um, send me an email, whatever it is, uh, reach out to us and, uh, we'll try to help as best we can. Um, I hope you guys, I hope you all stay well. I hope that this thing blows over and is, um, minimally disruptive. Um, you know, I'm definitely sorry that, that we've heard that, you know, of all the people that, that have, have died as a, as a result of the virus. So I hope that, um, really no more of that. And, um, I hope everybody makes it through. Okay. Uh, if we can help with anything, please, uh, reach out to me. You can find me, uh, by going to our website, www.winwhite.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris White PE, and uh, and then of course by uh, interacting uh, through links in the in the show notes. So um, until next time, hope you guys all stay well and uh, that this is over soon. Also, real quick, I'd like to ask you to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast player you use. Leave us a comment or suggestions for show topics or any other kind of thing you'd like for us to cover in the show. Thanks for listening.